Well, a few weeks ago, uh, my driver's license expired, which means I'm getting older, right? You ever have those experiences? My driver's license expired, and normally this is something that you can handle online, thank the Lord, right? But I was reading and heard that they're changing some things in a couple of years. In 2020, they're changing some, some things uh, with IDs. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to just bite the bullet. I'm going to make an appointment, and I'm going to go to the DMV, right? So I made an appointment six months ago, got in last week. No, I'm just joking. It felt like that. Made my appointment and, and got in there. And I thought, you know what? I made an appointment to go to the DMV. All is going to be well. And as I arrived, good thing I did make an appointment because if you've ever been to the DMV, you know that there are two different lines. There is a line where you're trying to get in which is a humongous line, and then there's a, a line even for the appointments, which still is a line. And I don't know about you, but anytime I'm going to the DMV, I always feel like they're going to catch me in something. Does anybody ever feel that? Like, I always feel like I'm going to forget something important, like, like I went through all this effort to make this happen, and it's like, you're not even Michael Myers. I, I am, right? It's like, yes, I am. But anyways, Anytime I go in there, I always kind of feel like anxiety going into it. And then here's the other side. Anytime I leave the DMV, I always feel like I'm getting away with something. Does anybody feel like that? When you're like, you're in, you're out, like, oh my Lord, I, like, I think I just made it through prison somehow, right? So I go in and I, I you know, I, I, they give you the little paper. And as I'm getting there, uh, I, I, I wanted to, I needed to hear the directions that were happening, Right? Like, I don't want to spend any more time in the DMV than I have to, and so I'm trying to listen for the directions. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience when you really, really need to hear something, what happens? There's all kinds of distraction, isn't there? And so I, I'm, I'm getting in line, and I'm, I'm wondering, am I in the right line? I'm looking at the piece of paper, like I'm looking at the window. I'm actually even asking other people, hey, like, uh, why are you in line? What, what are you doing here, right? I'm asking questions. And not only that, then there's a, there's a screen and there's these flashing numbers that are happening all the time. And someone talking on a you know, thing and, and it's like, oh man, I, and I constantly look at my thing. And if that wasn't enough, I, this guy starts talking to me and, and I, I'm trying to help him and he's asking me questions and he's kind of telling me his life story. And I'm, you know, my back of my head, I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to renew my license, Right. But there's all this crazy stuff, and he's talking to me. I'm trying to help him. And, and also, we were not speaking the same language, metaphorically and literally, right? I was like, ah, Ohio? I grew up there, right? I cannot help you, right? So all this stuff, but all that to say, when I really needed to hear something, all I was getting was distraction. Have you ever had that experience? Isn't that how it feels when we try to hear God's voice, right? We make an appointment. We, we, we really need to hear God on something. It's a big thing. God, do I take this job? Do I marry this person? Do I, what do I do here? We really, really want to hear from God. And so what do we do? We make an appointment. I know what I'm going to do. Tuesday night, six o'clock, I'm going to go into my room. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to do all I can to hear. If there's a God out there, I want to hear whatever it is. We make our appointment. Then what happens? The dog starts barking for whatever reason. They really have to go to the bathroom at that point. Our kid, who's supposed to be taking a nap, finds himself climbing all over the crib, right? And then there's an email that, that comes through, and it's like the world is on fire, right? Doesn't that how it feels? 
You see, that's why we're doing a series like Reception, where we're going to look at what does it mean to hear God's voice. And here's, here's the what behind it. What we want to accomplish over the next couple of weeks is that we want to help you, we want to help all of us in our community be able to develop this conversational rhythm with God. Like we want to have some, some tools and some stuff so that we can, we can really hear God. Now here's why we're doing this series. Here's why. Because there are moments and there are seasons in our life where it would be really helpful to hear God's voice, yes? Are there seasons and moments in your life where you would really, really, if God, if there's a God and he speaks, I would really like to hear from him, would you say yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Culturally, think about this. Now, let me just speak for a second for those that have been following Jesus uh, for some time in your life. Culturally, our, the culture that we live in is, is, has become very, very uh, complex. And as technology advances and, and different things advances, different agendas advances, following Jesus isn't as simple as it used to be five years ago, 10 years ago, depending on where you're at, Right? And so how do we follow Jesus in our culture and still remain faithful to God? So there's, there's that category. Or maybe this morning you're here and you're a student or you're younger. And it's like I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which school to go to. I'm trying to figure out which, which major I should pick. I'm trying to figure out if this is a person that I should date or, or even future decisions that we have in our life. In those moments, wouldn't it be really, really helpful to hear something from God? Yes. Or relationally with our, with our marriages or, or with our kids. I mean, we're, we're beginning to raise uh, our child who's eight months old, and, and you've got all kinds of different ideas. But, but how do we raise our child in a way that will set them up for success down the road? There are all these different ways and reasons why it's important for us to hear God's voice. But here's the tension. Here's the rub. We live in an unprecedented time with, filled with constant distraction. Does anybody ever get distracted? Anybody driving to work on Monday morning? Did I put the garage door down? Something pops up on the radio. Wow, I didn't know that was going on in the world. Right? There's constant distraction. And we know that, that advertisers spend billions and billions of dollars to get what? Your attention. And so we live in this world where it would be really helpful to hear God's voice, but at the same time, it feels like there's an equal or opposite force that's like just so distracting us. Thank the Lord we're going to unpack this series over the next couple of weeks. So if you've got your Bibles... We're going to be moving to uh, the book of Luke, the book of, the book of Luke, uh, and I'm going to give some context before we put this up, but it'll be Luke chapter 38 to 42, because the good news is for us that even though we live in 2018, and we have these thing called, things called smartphones, and these things, platforms called Netflix, and we have so many different experiences like Coachella or Stagecoach, and it, oh, we got some cheers for both of that. Was it for Stagecoach? Oh, yeah, there we go. My people, my people, right? But there's so many different things. There's so many different experiences and so many different ways where we, are, where we become distracted. The good news is, is that even in the scripture, distraction is not new. Distraction is something that we've always had to deal with on different levels and platforms and in different ways. 
And in the story we're going to look at, there's a story of two different people that, uh, that, re- that were wanting to hear God's voice, but they, and, but they approached it in two different ways. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, beginning of verse 38. If you got it, would you say, I got it? Oh, Lord. Good thing we have it on the screen. Just for you. It says this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And I just wanted to pause on this, this really quickly because it's important for us to get the context of it. So Jesus and his crew is on his way. Jesus did not travel lightly, meaning that when Jesus traveled, he usually had, had a big entourage in his crew. Whenever you go out, do you, go, do you like to go with your crew? Right? You like to roll deep. You like to go with your friends. Like those that are in high school, it's like you can't show up to the dance alone, can you? Oh, no solo bolo. None of that, right? Can't do that. You got to roll with your crew. Jesus, we, think of, we always think of Jesus and the 12 disciples, right? It was always Jesus and 12. Actually, wherever Jesus would roll, he would roll with a crew. There was always a crowd. The scripture records it a lot where it was like Jesus and the crowds, Jesus and the crowds. So think about this. As Jesus is on his way to Martha's house, Martha, it tells us that Martha opened her home. Now, hospitality in the ancient culture was a very, very big deal. And there was a lot that went into hospitality. When we think of hospitality, what do we think of? Well, I open the door for them. I put in some Tostitos pizza rolls in the microwave, and I set out some waters. Done, right? In their, in their context, it was nothing like that. Here's what was required for, for it to be uh, considered like good hospitality. You had to have water, you had to have food. Now, we think of water, we think of bottled water, we think of going to the sink and getting it out of the sink, whatever it is. In their time, water meant you had to go to the well, because that's where they got their, it, some sort of moving, either it was a river or spring or something like that, which means they had to collect the water, and they had to bring it and be ready for the people that were coming. Food was another thing. No microwaves, no instant stuff, no pizza hut, none of that which means you're having to work really hard to make sure they have water and food. The other thing that you were, you were required to provide was shelter, was shelter. When people would come and stay with you, we think of shelter, we, what do we think of? Just getting them out of the rain, right? Hey, I think that we have a, a tarp out back. Just go get there, right? No, 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 no. In their context, shelter meant come in. I'm going to make sure that the rooms are ready. I'm going to make sure that the beds are ready I'm going to, because they're going to stay a while, and the other part, which would have been really, really nice for them, was that they would provide water so that they could wash their feet. They would walk in the desert. They would have, they would have their sandals on. They would be dirty. So just think showers. And so Martha opens her home to these people, which meant she was opening up all of these parts and these pieces. Now, I wanted to highlight this piece. It's the next one. It's just, I just wanted to highlight this part right here. She opened her home to them. When I, when I think of home, I want you to think of that she opened her life, or she opened her lifestyle. Like if I were to come and visit your home, would I get to know something about your life and your lifestyle? Turn to your neighbor and say, I better, I gotta clean up, right? I gotta get it cleaned up, right? But if I were to come to your house, 
All of you are like, oh, Lord, a little low level of anxiety right there, right? If I were to come to your house, I would be exposed to your life and your lifestyle. So think about Martha. She's opening up these things, which what, tell, what it tells me is that Martha opened her life to Jesus. She opened up her lifestyle to God. That we're in this series, we're trying to hear God's voice. It's kind of the first thing I want you to hear, that in order to hear God's voice, you have to be willing to open your life and your lifestyle up to God. Now the second part, there's actually a second character that we referenced, uh, and it was Mary. So Mary, if Martha opened her home, Mary then opens her heart. So we have this, fi- this next slide which says this. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. You see, it's one thing to open up your life and your lifestyle to hear God's voice. It's a, it's a different thing to open up your heart. Because when you open up your heart, think about this. When you open up your heart to someone, what are you doing? You're inviting them in. And so Mary positions herself because she wants to hear God's voice Yes, she opened up the home, but she also opened up her heart to receive what it was that God was saying. And I just, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on that, but Luke puts this in here because he wants us to see that this is the, the exemplary uh, position of the disciple. That if you want to hear God's voice, yes, it involves opening your life and your lifestyle, but it also involves opening up your heart to him as well. So, but I want to highlight this piece. Mary and Martha's choice, they made a choice to hear God's voice. It was possible because they had this thing in their life called margin. Turn to your neighbor and say, what is margin? What is margin? Not butter. (laughs) Not talking about butter. What is margin? Margin, this is very, very important. Especially as, we, as I was thinking about a series about in which how do we hear God's voice, I wanted to start with this piece because you, you will not hear God's voice if you don't have margin in your life. Margin is this. Margin is an amount allowed or available beyond what is actually necessary. I have this slide. Please put it up. It is an amount allowed or available beyond what is necessary. And as a few examples, here's a simple math question for you. If you have 30 minutes to get somewhere, but it takes 20 minutes, but you, but I'm sorry, you have 30 minutes, but it takes 20 minutes to get there, then how much time of margin do you have? 10 minutes. Some of you are saying, did you hear that part? You can't, you can't finish the project and drop the kids off and do all of the stuff in that amount of time, but you have 10 minutes margin. Next one. It says if you have, if something costs $100, this is a good one for a lot of us in the room, yes? Working on those finances. If you have $100, but it costs $80, then you have how much dollars of margin? Let's say that together because I think some of you uh, weren't clear on the math. If you have $100, but it costs $80, then you have $20 of margin, right? Which is, so a margin is an amount allowed beyond what is available or necessary. Now, why do we highlight this part? Because for a lot of us, myself included, what do we do with our lives? We fill them to the absolute brim, where there is zero margin in our life. And I have a a slide 
This is what margin looks like. And usually on a piece of paper, you have this thing where you've got some margin. I threw in this stuff. You have necessary stuff in your life. I put church because I know that church is so important to you. Right? You have church. You have, if you're married, your, your marriage. If you have kids, you have, you've got your kids, which are necessary to take care of. Right? Necessary. But you also have, you've got families. You have work. You have exercise. You have school. You have sports. And, and whatever you would fill in the blank there, that's your necessary stuff. Right? Which means, notice that what is not on that category is seeing how many Instagram likes that I have. Uh, reading Yahoo News, reading the headlines from Yahoo News, right? Those things are not necessarily necessary, but then the margin. But I wanted to highlight this part. It's in the margin that is the listening space. These are the places where you can begin to hear something differently. I'm gonna give you some practical tools on what that can look like in a second, but I wanted you to see this image because this is what margin looks like. You can, you, you can apply this financially, you can apply this with your time, you can apply this in a lot of different ways. But without margin, it's almost impossible to hear God's voice. And what do we see with Martha and Mary? They had the margin to be able to receive God. They had the margin to open up their home, they had the margin to open up their heart to be able to hear God's voice. Now, here's why this is important. Because when we don't make a choice, when we don't make this choice, because this is a choice, margin does not hap- just happen in your life, say amen, right? It just does not happen. In fact, when we don't make a choice, what ends up happening? Everybody else comes and they fill in on the outside. They fill in the pieces, don't they? Our boss asks us to do something a little extra. Our mother-in-law asks us to do something a little bit extra, right? We get an email, we get a text, and all of a sudden, our entire life is, is full. There is zero margin in our life. When we don't make this choice, what ends up happening is that we get distracted by the noise. It becomes noise in our life. Look at the passage in verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted. Say distracted distracted, I love that scripture, put this, put this in here, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, very quickly, Martha is distracted. This word can, what it literally means is pulled about, Pulled about. Have you ever felt pulled about before? Have you ever felt pulled in different directions? This person needs that from me. This is something I've been needing to go on. I got to go to the DMV. Oh, Lord, help me. Right? Right? But have you ever felt, but she's pulled about. Now, imagine this. Imagine the dialogue that she's happening in her head. Remember, Jesus is on her way. Jesus has showed up at her house. And so externally, she's trying to take care of all of her guests. I'm sure she's wondering, do I have enough toilet paper? All these dudes in my house, right? Do I have enough toilet paper? I'm probably wondering, oh my Lord, is he going to look at my Netflix queue? I really hope the Son of God doesn't look there, right? <laughs> Externally, and then, and then internally, she's got to be having conversations with herself. Like, like, oh, maybe I can get some time away with Jesus where I can really ask him about this question. My, my, I really got this thing. I really got to talk to him about my daughter or my son or, you know, whatever it is, right? But she finds herself all of a sudden being pulled about in different directions. And before she knows it, she's distracted. Now, I love this passage because she's distracted by what? 
all the preparations that had to be made, meaning that they were good distractions. She's making food, literally making food for Messiah. Don't you think that's a good, that's a good thing to be distracted with, right? But she finds herself distracted by all these preparations that had to be made. There's a quote that's stuck with me, and it's, uh, it's by a pastor, this guy named Adrian Rogers, but it says this, it says, it says, if the devil can't make you bad, then he'll make you busy. Can't make you bad, then we'll work on the busy part. You know, being a, being a pastor, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to become distracted by, by good things, good distractions, right? Taking care of this, thinking about that, operating over here. You know, what's funny too is that there's, a lot, there's people that have opinions on how you should be doing your job as well. I don't, know if you've never, I don't know if anybody has ever given you opinion about how to do your job, right? But there's all kinds of different ways. But what I have found in my life that when I, when I prioritize, when I literally when I say, God, you set the, the agenda today, guess what happens? I get the right things done. I get the right things done. But here we have Martha. She's distracted by all the preparations that has to be made. And before she knows it, she finds herself lost in the noise. She finds herself lost in this noise. And there's a, there's a progression in the passage. You can see it. It's only four verses. You can see initially she has margin in her life. Oh, Jesus in the, in the crowd is showing up. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to open up my life. Come on in. But before she knows it, she finds herself getting distracted. And as she gets distracted, then she gets busy. And then once she gets busy, she finds herself upset, worried, thinking about things she had never even thought about. How many of us, you have a moment to yourself, you pull out your phone, you pull up social media, you pull up your, your, your news app, and in a, one moment you had margin, you had peace about stuff, and then the next moment you find yourself caring about something that you really wish you didn't care about. Am I the only one in the room on that one, right? That's what it means by be, becoming distracted by all the noise. We did a series a couple months ago, and we talked about noise for a second. And there's, a, there's this thing called the Pareto Principle, and the Pareto Principle is the 80-20 principle. You've probably heard those, that phrase before. I would argue that, that 80% of the stuff that's in your news feeds and that, honestly, the conversations that have people around you is noise, is noise. And it's easy to get lost in the noise, which then what happens? robs us from being able to hear what God wants to say. Look what Jesus says as we conclude our time this morning. In verse 41 and 42, it says, Jesus responds to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Think about this for a moment. Martha is prepping, doing hospitable stuff. And if you, have, if you are a student of the Bible, you'll know that right before this passage is the passage on the good Samaritan, where Jesus highlights the importance of action. He highlights the importance of, of doing good things. 
And then this next one, what we have is Martha, who's trying to do good things, but she missed it. Jesus says you're distracted by many different things, but only few things are needed. That when there is an opportunity for you to be able to hear what God is saying to you, that is your, pri- that is your primary responsibility as a follower of Jesus, is to develop this conversational rhythm with God. You see, when God designed this, when he set up this system, he was, it was always intended for God to be able to speak to us. But somewhere along the way, the receivers got broken. And ever since then, God has been on this mission to try to repair that so that he can have, this, have conversations again with you. Because where does relationship begin? The conversation. Begin to talk, begin to share some things about the other person or about yourself, and the relationship is formed. You see, this is what God desires. Yes, it's important that we do good stuff. Yes, it's important that we serve and that we give and that we do good stuff. But your primary responsibility is to develop this ability to be able to hear what God is saying to you. But it involves making a choice. You see, hearing God's voice is a choice. Now we're gonna learn, we're gonna discover some stuff, we're gonna unpack some things over the next couple of weeks because there's different ways that God speaks. He speaks through his scripture, he speaks through community, he speaks through different ways. But, but I had to begin with this opening lesson, which is this, that we, you cannot hear God's voice when your life is filled to the brim. If there's no margin, if there's no listening space in your life, it's gonna be really, really hard to hear God's voice. So how how do we begin a new rhythm? How do, we, how do we begin to develop this conversational rhythm with God? In your outline, which is on your seat, near your seat, I want you to pull that out for me. The outline is this white piece of paper, and this is for you. This is not for us. We don't need these back. This is for you to take home with you. But this is, my, this is what I want for us this week, what I want for you this week, is on the back of it, you can see that there's an exercise. And the exercise is this, is to find two to three blocks of, of 10 minutes for silence and for solitude. Listen, I'm married, I have an eight-month-old baby. If I can find three 10-minute blocks, so can you, Okay? But what I want you to do is I want you to find it. And there's a little little graph there for all my nerds out there, like myself, where you can just do a little check mark when you're able to do it. But here's some guidelines for it. One is choose a time. Listen, this does not happen automatically. This will not happen uh, organically, if you will. That's, that's a word we love, don't we? I just want to hear God's voice organically. God says, choose a time. You can hear my voice. So find a time, wherever that's at. It doesn't have to be early, early. It doesn't have to be late, late. Find a time that's going to work for you. And then here's a little life hack for you. What I do, I literally take my phone, and all of our phones have a, have a stopwatch on them or a clock or a timer. I literally put in 10 minutes. Put in 10 minutes on the, on the thing, set it aside. The second thing is you have to clear your mind. Because as soon as you do this, you're going you're gonna to remember all the stuff that you had forgotten two hours ago, which is fine. 
when you take this time, grab a little notepad, grab a little piece of paper, just set it right there. When a, pop, when a thought pops into your head, just write it down. Hey, uh, call the vet. Whatever it is, something I guarantee. What it does, it's called a mind dump. You're going to dump all of your stuff onto that piece of paper, and it's going to open you up to be able to hear. In the scripture, if you're looking for something biblically, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, there's this guy named Samuel, and he's newer to the faith, and God's trying to speak to him, and he had this mentor in his life, because he didn't know. He heard this voice, he's like, I don't know what that is. And his mentor said, he told him to say this, whenever that happens again, just say, Lord, your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. So if you need a phrase, sometimes a phrase is important to kind of clear your mind. What I say, what I literally say is I say, God, I want to hear your voice in this space, in this place, in this time, in this way. I say that phrase, and and I don't know what it is. It's just kind of a mental trigger for me to now listen. And then the, the final part is to sit and to listen. Sit and to listen. Sit and to listen. Why do we do this? I believe if you'll make this choice, you'll begin to discover God's direction for our biggest questions in your life. Think about this. All of us, if I went around this room and I asked you, hey, is there there something on your mind? Is there something on your heart where you would, if you could have some sort of like heavenly wisdom or heavenly guidance, would you like it? Everybody would say yes. Yeah, I would love to know like, how do I navigate here? How, How do I talk to my kids? How do I, you know, how do we navigate this challenge in our marriage like how how do I navigate these pieces but but a lot of us won't take that extra step which is to make a choice I'm going to make a choice in this moment I'm going to set aside these blocks of time I'm going to open myself up I'm going to present myself and I want to hear whatever it is that God has to say I believe if you'll do this if you'll take this step I believe that you'll begin to discover God's direction for those questions in your life those that have, that have uh, adult children in the room, when your adult child comes to you with a question, do you hold yourself back from them? Do you say, ah, this is something, you're going to have to learn this life lesson on your own? No. What do you do? You say, hey, well, uh, this would probably be a wise thing to do here. Hey, did you, did you think about this, this spot in, he, in this area? No, we would, we would offer ourselves, we would offer the guidance and the wisdom that they are seeking. It's no different with your heavenly father. When you approach God, whatever the question is that you have, whatever the direction it is that you need in your life, God is right there. He's, he's ready. He wants to whisper to you, but we have to make the choice to quiet the noise in our life. Because I guarantee I'm 34 years old I guarantee I have wasted a lot of time in my life with stuff that's just noise. Man, what if we could make this choice? What if we could hear God's direction for our questions?